Welcome to the Hear All Voices podcast by Speaky. I'm your host, Scott Lane, and in this podcast, I will bring you a fresh perspective on all things ESG. I'm joined by experts who will provide a clear step-by-step path for companies to integrate ESG at every level and conversations that will challenge you to abandon your current thinking and use the principles of ESG to drive business performance, build value for customers, and protect the community and the planet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Hear All Voices podcast. My name is Scott Lane. I'm going to be the podcast leader for today. And like all of our previous podcasts, we're going to be focused on a particular topic within the ESG spectrum. Today, we're going to be focused on not only a particular topic across the ESG spectrum, but we're going to be looking at the need for standardization across ESG. For those of you that are involved in building, implementing, managing, and reviewing ESG programs, what you may have already discovered is that there is no one standard for ESG. Simply the topic is too broad and too diverse in order to have standard that we can all follow and adopt consistently across our companies. So without a broad standard, what we need to do is rely on some individual standards that already exists within the specific topics that fall part of ESG. One of those areas which is fairly advanced and is adopted across the world is around anti-bribery. There is already an anti-bribery standard in place and it has been implemented now for around about eight years. And so this standard is something that you can follow and use to build and maintain an anti-bribery and corruption program. So today we're going to be talking about the standard and also talking about how you can gain certification under that standard. It's a big process to obtain certification. It's not easy, but it is certainly a great way to leverage all of the hard work that you have done in building your management systems, building your programs, and gaining traction for them both internally and externally, and gaining a certification. So as we progress through the ESG spectrum and you start building programs and you start doing so according to standards, then of course, we can all start comparing, contrasting, and we can get a consistent methodology across the world as it applies to ESG, which is what we've all been searching for. So joining me today is Alessandro Di Macedo, who is a lawyer and a very experienced compliance professional focus globally for an organization called Tractavel. So we're going to be talking with Alessandro and getting his perspective on the work he has done at Tractavel and specifically in relation to the anti-bribery program and gaining a very successful certification of that program. So first, let me welcome Alessandro to the podcast. Hello, Scott. Hello, everyone. For me, it's a big pleasure to be here together with you and discussing this so uh, important topic uh, for the organization and uh, known as one of the main motors today for a compliance program. Excellent. So let's put a little bit in perspective to kick off. Alessandro, can you talk us through a little bit about the company, what you guys do, and also a little bit about your journey through the compliance function? And one of the reasons we really focus on this piece is Partly it's introductory, but also partly because it helps our listeners 
think about the risk profile of the organization based on the work that it does and the countries that it works in. And it helps us look at how would we, as practitioners, how would we structure a program to manage the risks that are entailed. So walk us through a little bit about the background on the company and also about yourself. Sure. Maybe speaking a little bit about me. Well, I'm Brazilian. I came from Brazil. I actually live in Brussels now, working here since 2016. But I have, a, as mentioned by you, I have a law degree. Also has some specialization uh, MBA, uh, also done in, in Brazil. I'm actually also following a new course that it's the Diploma de Université de Sorbonne pour Compliance et Ethics d'Affaires. Basically, that's my career. I started uh, working in several companies already, but uh, I started my career in Tractable in 2010. Well, Tractable is a company that uh, has a presence worldwide. It's part of the energy group. It's uh, one of the most important groups in the energy sector worldwide, uh, based in Paris. And Tractable is one of its uh, subsidiaries, one of uh, part of the organization that is more specialized in the engineering service. So it's very specialized and been developing a lot in the energy transition as well. So going from the from the regular fuel to the renewable fuel. So and it takes part in the, the whole process of uh, project life cycle and goes from the strategy, analysis of the pre-investments, also in the implementation of the projects, the operation, and even the discommissioning as uh, it's the case for, for some nuclear power plants that we have in Belgium, actually. So mainly on the, we work with gas, we work with renewables, as I already mentioned, the nuclear, water, hydropower plants, and so on. So it's a uh, quite big and uh, attractive is of course one of the reference companies on the sector worldwide so i was invited in 20, 2010 to join tractable in brazil and uh, became the legal responsible for latin america for tractable and uh, since 2016 i was invited to become the head of ethics and compliance working together with sabine vermulen who is the chief ethics legal ethics and compliance officer for the whole tractable group and uh, then i move it to brussels and it sounds to me, obviously, the organization being part of NG would have had a very sophisticated compliance initiatives around the world for many, many years, as indeed most large companies have. What was it when you decided to move into the compliance arena? What was it that got you thinking about standardization and how to move the compliance program into more of a standardized type management system. What was that change like and what drove you to consider standardization? It's true. In fact, uh, indeed, ANGE has an ethics compliance program in place, a very strong one, uh, I may say. But when we joined in 2016, when I, we started work on the ethics compliance part, together with Sabine, we identified that uh, we need a little bit more. First, because we needed to make our program more fit to the reality and the needs of our company, of our of our business. So uh, Tractable has a business that's a little bit different from Angel because Angel is an investor. Angel is uh, mainly the, the owner of the power plants and so on, while Tractable does the engineering service. So it's more service. So 
there was the need to adjust the program to our reality, to our needs. And when we did that, we wanted to be sure that it would really answer to the expectations of the stakeholders. So our clients, our partners, our even our employees, the NGOs. So everyone wants to know that you are through the right path. When we decided to do that, okay, so, but we need to have a basis for that. We need to have a reference. We look at for the standard, the ISO 37000 standard. Why that? Well, basically the standard, the 37001, became, we all know the different standards that we have for quality, for environment, uh, for, for the different areas in the company. So everybody Every company today, every big company is, is linked, is bounded to these standards in order to guarantee the quality to their clients. When you are a client, when you are an external stakeholders, you also, even for edge compliance, you want to be sure that the company follow certain thresholds, certain levels of quality on their way of, uh, of facing the edge compliance topic, the, the anti-corruption for per se. So that there are actions in place, that there are procedures in place, that there is a management style reviewing all the process and looking for improvements. So how can you ensure the stakeholders that you have that? So the best option is indeed to have a certification. But I know that there is a lot of discussion nowadays on this topic because, well, you know that there are different companies, certification bodies spread all over the world. And uh, when we decided to do that, we knew that we need to look for a very good one, specialized one. And then on the top of looking for certification, you also need to look for accreditation. And that's the main point, because a certification per se is quite easy to get. Uh, you can find several companies spread all over the world to, to have that. But a really good certification needs to be accredited. And then... That's where we found that time Edge Intelligence, now is Peaky, where we found you, Scott. Because when we looked for that, we wanted to look, and I can tell you, uh, there's very few companies, accreditation bodies does not provide this kind of certification easily. So there are very few uh, auditors that have this kind of uh, certification. It is certainly a challenge. And for those of you who are listening, who are catching up with the the words that we've been using. The certification is uh, when we certify the organization. So we certify Tractopel that the program or the management system that they have implemented is according to the standards, firstly, and secondly, that it is reasonable and proportionate, meaning based on the sort of business they are, based on the country in which they operate, based on their size, their risk tolerance, the risk that they've identified, the scope of the organization, that it's reasonable and proportionate, that it makes sense and that it is essentially fit for purpose. So that's the process of certification. In order to do that certification, ourselves need to be certified. We need to be accredited by part of the ISO organizations in order to do that, which gives the stamp of approval that as the company which is doing the auditing and the certification itself is certified according to its own standards and also is valid to be able to give that uh, grant. So Alessandro, questions for you. When you went through this process of building your program and adjusting it, I guess, to the, the concepts of the ISO standard and the management systems, 
How involved was the business through this process? Were they engaged? Were they bought in on this? Did they see that this was a real value? Did they want to leverage the program and get certification? Were they excited by this? Were they kind of following the path? Where do you see the business was involved? Absolutely. The enterprise management system, it's, it's a management system per se. So it's something that is really owned by the management. So owned by all the, the heads of the organization. So when we look at for it, we look at in agreement with them. We made all the research on that. And uh, for sure, that was the most significant element of this is the fact that it would be a real value for the organization. Surely, this is something that uh, you brings really value to your investment, to your clients, because you, as you become certified, as you have this kind of uh, certification and seal, you are promoting, you are telling to everyone that you have several actions in place in order to protect the organization, to protect the business, the project that are going to be implemented. So for sure, it's completely different when you present in your offers an offer, and at the end, you present that your commitments with uh, an anti-bribery system and your certification in it. This is a guarantee, this is a value that you put on your offers. And I tell you that we have clients that uh, indeed, without this kind of certification, without this kind of uh, value, they don't go forward with any kind of business. The world is changing, Scott. It's uh, it's been a while. I can say that uh, maybe ten years ago, this kind of uh, value was of not big relevance, but today, this is a major relevance element in any kind of business. You don't do business today seriously in a sustainable way without being ethical, without giving guarantees that you are an ethical company, that you have your commitments and they are in place and properly followed. And one of the things we're finding as we develop as practitioners and moving from not only the elements of the G in ESG, but we start to look at other programs that companies are operating under the ESG spectrum, whether it might be related to human trafficking or to modern day slavery issues or even harassment, discrimination, workplace type issues or whistleblowing issues. We're seeing that companies are really aiming to find these standards and use these standards and gain traction and leverage for all the work that they're doing through gaining a certification. And that consistency and standardization, I think everyone is really searching for. They're really searching for consistent, standardized approach to handle some of these topics under this ESG spectrum. And hopefully the sooner that the world can move towards the standardization, the better. It's going to make it much easier for companies to manage their programs, frankly, and to implement them. I would even add to that also one important element, in my opinion, is that uh, today we have several laws in place that requires you to prove, to have evidence that you do everything you can, that it's uh, possible in order to avoid this kind of incident and this kind of issue. And uh, a certification like that is a very, very strong evidence that you have your actions in place, that you have your measures in place, mitigation actions in place in order to avoid any kind of incident, any kind of violation of these these principles. So it's not only the value to the business, but also very protective action that you can take for your entity, for your company, 
in order to create evidence of what you do and also for future uh, necessities huh? in case you have to make any kind of commitment of doing some, some actions or promoting some additional actions. This certification is a red and evidence of that. It's a great point. And when you were building the program and the management system and you were starting to go down the path of certification, did you find that it was relatively straightforward? Did you find it complex? Was it difficult? Was it hard? Was it long? How would you describe the process that you went through in preparation for the certification? Not at all. In fact, at the end of the day, the, the standard, uh, it's very straightforward. Huh? It's uh, divided in chapters, and you have each chapter for each specific uh, area of concern. So you have a chapter for the management, a chapter for the for how you perform due diligence, a chapter. So you have all the instructions. Huh? It's it's a very easy guide. So if you look, I'm sure that if you compare that on when you start to think on your compliance program, on your enterprise management system, when you start to look on what you have in your organization, I'm sure that it will be a read very similar to these topics. So it's not very difficult to turn one into other. So it's uh, mainly just to adjust it. The standard is very easy to read. If you go through through it and the topics, you see that uh, because, in fact, it was written by people, the individuals that are involved in this kind of work. So it's very operational and it's uh, very friendly, very user-friendly. So in that sense, I would say that it's uh, really very easy to go through. The implementation of it, yes, you need to coordinate with the teams because it's very organic. Huh? You need to involve all the areas of your organization and put everything in place. And at, at the end of the day, everything needs to turn like engines. So in a very proper way to really work properly. And as you progress through the process of getting it implemented and managing it, and you started the sort of certification process, so bringing in selves and doing an audit across a number of countries and interviewing your management teams and interviewing your leadership and trying to understand the risks of the business and validating the program you've implemented is fit for purpose. What was that certification like? Was it nervous? Were you concerned? Was it something that you were, I guess, worried or, you know, what was the feeling inside the company at the time when you went through this process? Was it a daunting task? It was quite a positive, right? It was, uh, and uh, for that, I would say that the team uh, of uh, Speak With You are great. Huh? We have a very nice partnership. I would say that uh, we work as a partner, and that's the way that I see that uh, things go very well. Because at the end of the day, the style of this audit is very interesting because we receive the inputs, the feedback of uh, the audit, the, the research, the points of attention, and uh, the recommendations, the suggestions that come from you, from your experience and for, from your team come indeed as great value that we put in place in order to improve our problem. So we hear to what you also bring to us as inputs in order to turn that into the action that we need in order to improve. I can give a, a very concrete example on that, uh, if I may, Scott. It's the fact that we had uh, very recently, uh, almost one year ago, we had the recertification of Tractor. I remember that we doing our recertification because we had internal audits, and one of the points of the standards indeed that you need to put in place the internal audits. 
system and we had that, but we trusted, we use it for that, mainly the internal audits that were performed by our, our shareholders and uh, some minor internal audits that we had. So when we had our program, you made the point with us that, okay, you have internal audits, but it is not really giving you the view of your organization today. And I remember well that you told me that uh, we implemented the program in Tractable, Tractable developed it. Today we are in a more mature sense of the program because things are in place. And now we need to put more time on the control, on the surveillance, on the f uh, follow-up of the actions. I remember very well that you made this point with us, and then we decided to put a lot of efforts on the development of a more strong internal audit program. And that's what we did this last year, and uh, we started to perform these internal audits. We trained our team, we had uh, our team also certified as internal auditors, and uh, we started to perform these audits, and uh, the result was really impressive because we started to learn things of our organization that, honestly, we were not aware. So things that we could improve, things very good, things in already done by the entities that uh, didn't come to us, to our knowledge. So we started to know much better the organization. And all of that came because we started to follow more deeply the standard and because of the guidance that we received from you. So I tell you, it is really value that we put because this is the way that we make our program really develop and more mature and more something that's really becomes the good, huh? that's it. That's great. Indeed, that is the whole purpose of this exercise, isn't it? It's to help companies build stronger programs. It's helped them manage risks in smarter ways, more effective and more efficient ways, and in ways that view it from a continual improvement. I mean, the concept is to keep pushing forward, keep perfecting, keep getting better at managing the risk and really leveraging the opportunity you've got to build stronger programs. And so when looked at it from that perspective, both from our side and also from the company side, then you're right, you work as a team to consistently push that stronger message and really pleased to hear that the program is seen positively and that it's really helping the business. And finally, on that last point, I guess, when you and you touched on this before, but I think it's really keen to relook at one of the observations I made when I was meeting with some of your executive team is that I really believed them and what they were saying. I didn't feel that they were telling me that, as a lot of executives sometimes do, this is important to them and they they believe in it, they take it seriously, and I, I get the standard messaging from most executives. I felt from the Tractabelle side that you really believed it. In fact, not only did you believe it, but I really felt that it was embedded. It was the way that you did things. It was embedded throughout the business. And that you and the compliance team had really managed to have the business teams buy in so much that this was a fundamental way of the value proposition that they brought to the business and to their customers. And so it's an extraordinary set of consistency across all of your managers around the world that really bought in on this and they were really committed to getting it right. They saw the value, they saw the contribution that this made to their customers and they were really supportive of you and your efforts. And it was terrific partnership between compliance, legal and the business. And so you've done a great job frankly, in achieving that objective and the business being involved. So congratulations on it. 
Thanks. It's uh, great to hear that from you, Scott. The way Tractable develop it, and it's, uh, it's, uh, I would say that it's almost natural. Ten years ago, the world was completely different. And today, this kind of thing is impossible. Maybe the, the guys that are hearing us today, they have already experienced the fact that uh, to face really incident or had to treat of that, and uh, the impact in the organization is huge. And uh, this is something that cannot occur. That's why in Tractable, we have this zero-tolerance policy for any kind of corruption, any kind of violation of human rights, any kind of fraud. It's a zero-tolerance. It's the concept that no business is sustainable without ethics. So as people become aware of that, so they started to see that, okay, if something happens, that will damage the reputation of my company, that will damage the reputation of myself, that can be several consequences for me and for the company. So I don't want that. I want to be a compliant company. I want to follow the right the, the rules. I want to, to get and bring value to my organization. And uh, uh, tractable management is very committed with that. You can see that, and that's how we have been developing our program nowadays. I remember in the past that we could hear people saying that in certain countries, in very high, extremely risk countries, people say that, well, ethics uh, here this is something that does not work. Because here, if you want to do business, you must pay bribery or you must do something wrong. And uh, this is completely unacceptable. Uh, it's something that cannot exist anymore. This is the past. The world is today must be different from that. And uh, if uh, we want to to be on the right track, we need to follow the right rules. And one of the things you said, which I really believe in, is the sustainability element. A lot of question, people question the extent to which, when we look at ESG, and particularly the governance side, that anti-bribery does fit part of governance, and it does fit within the ESG spectrum. And the reason is exactly as you've indicated. It is not sustainable any longer to run an organization in a global context if you are not thinking about ethics and integrity and values and anti-bribery. The business simply will not be sustainable. It will not survive unless these matters are maintained and maintained to an extremely high standard. Hence, why we're all big believers in having that sustainability driven through having great programs, implementing them, managing them, putting in place systems, and opening yourself up to constant improvement through the certification cycle. So I think you've said some excellent words. So again, let me extend my congratulations to you and the organization for really investing in these topics and also and most importantly being open to feedback being open to dialogue being open to suggestions recommendations and in some cases directions in order to focus on constant improvement it's uh, sometimes very challenging for a lot of companies to allow that outsider into their business and allow them to look under the covers. And in Tractable, it's encouraged. It's uh, encouraged to have that both self-awareness and external awareness to focus on constant improvement. And so not everyone takes that approach. And so really hats off to you for building that culture within the organization of being open and allowing people to focus on improvement. It's a real 
achievement for you. So congratulations. Congratulations for also for for you, Scott, uh, for and your team for the development of a very good and a very concrete and a solid program on the way that you audit. Because also, as I mentioned to you, you put people in a, in a situation of comfort, so they can speak, they can also look for that, and you give the space also that to happen and creating this friendly environment. And for me, that's very important when we perform uh, this kind of uh, audit. Great. Well, with that feedback, and thank you, I would like to say thank you again for everyone that's been listening to our podcast today, and thank you to Alessandro for joining us. The message that I'd leave everyone with today is that as you think about sort of ESG at a high level and you break it down into each of its component parts, there is clearly a need to manage anti-bribery matters. It forms part of the G in ESG, And it is, as Alessandro says, it's an essential element to any organization continuing to survive and to be sustainable. So the evidence is there. And the second element that I'd like to leave you with is thinking about how to implement standards because the consistency throughout a standard allows you to implement according to a known practice and secondly, to leverage it. And as Alessandro has shown through Tractable and through their leadership and management in this space, leveraging the certification, leveraging the, the work that they've done, actually helps them win customers, helps them win deals, and helps them grow their business. And so it's a great opportunity for ESG to contribute back to the business, add value, at the same time, make us more sustainable. So on behalf of the team, Alessandro, thank you very much for joining us today and for contributing your success into the Hear Our All Voices podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Hear All Voices podcast by Speaky with me, Scott Lane. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, subscribe to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. We will be back with a brand new episode in a few weeks. Thank you.